Uh, through the summer, Pastor Dave uh, began a series with us we called Released. And he's been sharing, he shared with us. And then uh, Benji Rhodes helped share with us about this topic. And last week I talked about being released from the bondage of sin in our life. And today I want to talk to you about being released for mission. That God really intends and calls all of us into this world so that we can um, take his message to bless the world. That God really wants every man, woman, boy, and girl in this world to embrace Jesus. Do you believe that? I really believe that. And I think he desires that we be a part of that and that that mission is possible. And so today I want to talk to you about that. And I want to use a little different kind of a metaphor or idea that maybe you haven't heard at church recently. And so um, I hope that you'll receive that metaphor and put that metaphor into practice. Okay? Are you, before you even know what it is, are you, are you okay about that? Okay? A little mystery? All right. Uh, the metaphor I want to talk about today is the metaphor of a kiss. Okay? Have you, anybody ever, ki you ever kissed, been kissed? Man, this is a boring bunch. Well, we better pray. Father, um, we believe your spirit is active and alive. We believe that there's really nothing that can stop the spirit of God at work. And you have... Um, you painted a picture for us of how when your spirit comes in us, it's more than just something that we keep ourselves, but that you really want this spirit to just be unleashed through our lives to touch others. And so I just pray that uh, through this message that we might be encouraged and inspired and challenged to uh, represent you to see that the whole world might be impacted by your Holy Spirit. And I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Um, are you a good kisser? Don't have to raise your hand. Um, the, here's uh, this. This past week was. Did you know it was uh, last week was International Kissing Week? Anybody know that? Well, where have you been? Like, get with it. A guy told me today, Vern Bolte said that today's International Ice or uh, National Ice Cream Day. I'm all for that, right? So we're going to combine next year Kiss Day and, and uh, Ice Cream Day and do a men's ministry thing around that. Maybe a kissing booth where we give out ice cream or something like that. So stay tuned. Stick around for next year. But here's some interesting facts I came up about, uh, found out about on, on International Kiss Day about kissing. Did you know that 83% of people prefer kissing with their eyes closed? Interesting fact. I'm sure you're all impressed by that, right? 73% um, of singles have dated a bad kisser. Now, I admit, I'm a bad kisser. My problem is, is that this gets in the way. But you know what? I'm willing to get, become a better kisser, and I'm, I'm willing to practice, okay, so I can get better. Uh, and really, part of what we're talking about today is that when the Holy Spirit comes in us, and God plants His love in us. In fact, I wanted to say, God kisses us. His desire is that we take that and that we then uh, transform that into ways that we can, um, may I say it? Kiss the world. Uh, did you know that um, researchers say that men who uh, kiss their wives before they go to work live five years longer than men that don't kiss their wives on the way to work? 
Guys, what does that say to you? If you're married, kiss your wife. You're going to live longer. And then the interesting fact that I had was um, noted uh, UW marriage uh, specialist John Gottman advocates that married couples practice what he calls the six-second kiss. He says it needs to be long enough to feel romantic, to show affection, and it, it even releases hormones of connection. Okay, do you know how long six seconds is? Here, watch this. Let's say the kiss starts now. What do we take from that? Six seconds is a long time. I, um, I'm always looking for props. Anybody want to volunteer to be the prop today? <laughs> Husband and wife, come on up and uh, you can be our prop at uh, six seconds. That's a long time. But he's saying that if, if uh, husbands and wife uh, kiss when they go to work and when they come home, it, it, it does something to you. Inside and out, it bonds you together. It makes you feel like you belong. Uh, something in your, in your hormones click in that say, I'm connected with somebody special. And what I want to say to you is, is that that's how God feels about you. We have all kinds of images, uh, pictures about what God is like or images to remind us about God. Can you imagine this? As an image to remind you about God. But really, when you think about all that he has done for us, that through the scriptures, you can realize that, that God has a deep affection for you. God wants to put his life in you. And it started back uh, from the beginning in, in Scripture. And I want to talk to you about the three kisses today, okay? I want to talk to you about the kiss of creation. I want to talk to you about the kiss of redemption. And I want to spend a little more time talking about the kiss of mission. But really, the kiss of creation began back in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we read these words. And, and it really talks about where God formed man. It says he took Man from the dust of the ground. And after he took the, it says he took the dust and formed man. And then it says God breathed into him. It doesn't say he breathed on him. It says he breathed into him. And when God breathed into him, he became alive. And it, scripture tells us that when he became alive, he took on the image of God. So when God comes into our lives from creation, he wanted to put his spirit in you. You belong to him. You, you were created to be, uh, come alive in the spirit of God in your life. Now, as you know, and as we read the scriptures and we look at history, we find out that what was started to be something really good, we've kind of messed it up. Instead of letting God be God, what's happened is humankind has decided that we could do a better job at it than he can. 
In effect, the scripture tells us that the people who God chose to be his people, they chose rather to, to make God their lover. They turned their back on God and allowed other things and other people to be their lover. Their head was turned. They began to find their affections in people other than God. That's never happened to you, has it? Where, you know, you're... You want to serve God, but there's all these things that kind of capture your attention, capture your mind, want you to kind of be drawn over to that, take your mind and attention and the fact that God is God and you let other things take higher priority. Has that ever happened to you? It, it happens to most of it. It's, it's the story of humankind where, where God has wanted to breathe his life into us and we embrace him as our Savior and Lord, but we get sidetracked. In the scriptures, it talked about how that they found other lovers to give their affection. And so many times, that's what happens to us. The reality is, though, is that God was relentless in his love for us. Do you know that? That God loves you so much. He is relentless. The scriptures tell us that at just the right time, God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might um, have our sins forgiven, that we might receive his life, that we might be restored back into this relationship, this loving relationship that God has for us. And so where the first kiss was the kiss of creation, the next kiss for us is the kiss of redemption. Those of us who've wandered away and gone our own way, when, when God comes to us and calls us and says, I want you, I've sent my son into this world, will you receive Jesus into your life? It is the kiss of redemption. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but do you remember your first kiss? Was it memorable? Frankly, I can't remember my first kiss. It's not something that I, I recall. I don't think it was probably very, uh, uh, you know, I, I, obviously I'm not a good kisser now, so then I was really a bad kisser. So I, I don't have any recollection of that first kiss. But I do remember that first time when God began to warm in my heart his care for me. I was a young child. Do you remember that first time when God began to kind of speak into your life and say that there's something here that his care for you, his love, his embrace, his, his kiss in your life. And the scripture tells us that Jesus came so that we might... Um, that he might establish this relationship, this love relationship with him. That in the scripture in Ephesians chapter um, 4 says that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word. That God in Jesus has come to us and like a marriage, it is, he's come to, to embrace our lives and to seal in us this relationship with him. Yesterday I had the opportunity to attend a, a lovely wedding of a young lady and a guy that, that I've, no, I've known the young lady uh, 
Julia Lober for many, many years, and in her, her wedding ceremony was beautiful. Her, her brother actually officiated at the wedding, and it was just a wonderful experience to be there, their family, and to, to bless them and all that. And, and Brian Lober, who did the ceremony, did such a wonderful job of telling the story about their lives getting together, and then uh, went through the vows with them and the ring ceremony, and they took communion and all these things. And then there was a final part of that wedding that everybody anticipated and looked forward to. It's probably the point that draws the most kind of response from the crowd. Do you know what it is? It's when the pastor says to the couple, now you may kiss the bride. And everybody kind of laughs and cheers and we all watch Theirs was a long kiss, but it wasn't six seconds long. But the kiss at the, at the wedding ceremony is that thing that seals the deal. All the commitment and the prayers. The, the kiss was the thing that sort of says, this, we're making this and this is the, the sign and symbol that we're in this thing together. And in a way, when Jesus came to the cross, rose from the dead, there was something in the heavens. There was the kiss of God for all humanity. The kiss of God for you and me that says, in the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, I'm sealing the deal. This relationship, I love these people. And if they'll turn to me and they'll open their heart to me, I will receive them and establish a relationship that is deep and lasting and loving. The kiss of God. The final kiss of God that I want to talk to you about is the kiss of mission. The scripture comes to us from John chapter 20. The setting of the scripture and the story is that Jesus had died. The disciples were, to put it just a common way, they were freaked out. They were worried. They didn't know what to do. They, they found themselves huddled in this upper room in fear of what might happen to them. And in this setting, in the story that comes out of John chapter 20, um, as they're there in fear, Jesus shows up. The presence of Jesus who, when they last saw him, he was dead. Now he's been risen again to life, and here he is, he enters into that room, and to their shock, he talks to them. And here are the words that Jesus gives his disciples. He loved them, he had a plan for them, he had a mission for them, and in these words he says this, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Verse 22 says, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, for my imagination, which you have to give a little, you know, leeway for me, right? My sense is that in that moment, just as God in, in Genesis breathed into Adam and brought life to Adam. So in this scripture, Jesus there with those disciples, he breathes into them his Holy Spirit. 
Now, the interesting thing about the word spirit in both the Old Testament and the New Testament is that they use it kind of as a word play. That the word spirit also means um, breath. And it also means wind. That that same word could be used in, in interchangeably. So when he says he breathed on them, which I would say when he kissed them, they received the Holy Spirit of God in their lives. Now, you and I, because we are, we've been born into this world, we receive the kiss of creation. When we open our hearts to God and we recognize that left to ourselves, if we do our own thing, if we try our own ways to make ourselves up to God, and we see that there's a failure in that because that's not going to get us where we really want to go, and we turn and we repent and we turn to Jesus, we receive the kiss of his redemption. We become children of God. He, He comes to live in us. But in this scripture, it also talks about that if we are really interested in doing the mission of God, if we really want to fulfill what God has for us in this world, then we also need to understand that he wants to kiss us with his spirit. And as the scripture says, as as Jesus was sent into the world, so he's sending us into the world and As we go into the world, we receive his Holy Spirit in us to be launched into that mission. Have you been kissed by the Spirit? Have you allowed the the love of God in Jesus? Have Have you breathed in his life? Is his life at work in you? Is, are you, have you understand this vitality that comes, that when we pray and when we meditate, in, in effect, as we inhale, we take in his spirit in our lives. He wants to transform our minds and our hearts and our lives. He wants to come in and give us power and strength. He wants to give us courage. Not so that we can keep it ourselves, but he has a mission in mind. He wants you to be a participant in the mission, in his mission of God, that that every person on this earth would hear and know and hear the story and respond to the story of Jesus Christ. That's a big mission. And he was calling those disciples then to receive the Spirit so that they could be a part of it. And he's calling you and I today that we could be a part of it. So um, how's your kissing ability You could kiss her. You know, um, some people say that um, witness for Jesus should be kiss and tell. Some people have complained in looking at the church that what we've tended to do is we've wanted to tell and then kiss. Jesus says, I want to fill you with my Holy Spirit so that then in turn you might take the Spirit that I put in you and give it out to others. So how do we do that? Well, I think you just start with where you are. You start right here in the church. The scripture in John 13 says, they'll know you are his disciples because you love 
one another. I loved what Chris said this morning where he said that in our greeting, it is in effect a, a sacrament of blessing. It's in the, in the old, uh, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament, the scripture says that we're to greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, we Americans, we're not too good at that. Um, if you're in Italy, when we were in Italy, we recognized that they, they practice that pretty well. Uh, you see a friend along the street, and you see them give those little kind of smooches on each cheek. But um, I don't know. I'm a little uncomfortable with that here. I guess if you did it, if you, I've had a guy come up to me and just grab me by the cheeks like this and give me a big kiss on the cheek. I kind of was shocked. And I thought, well, that was, he wanted to show his love for me. I'm not advocating that we start kissing everybody, but you know, when we hug each other or we kiss, we're in effect, uh, in the New Testament, it was almost we are passing along, not the germs of our life, but the Spirit of God. It's interesting that as you come in our church, you'll find at each door you can get uh, stuff, germ stuff that you can wipe your hands off so that you don't get any, any diseases from one another. I don't disagree with that, but I think it's great because that hygiene is important. But what, what God says to us through his word is that we need to be passing the spirit back and forth to one another. Some way, in a word, in a hug, in a kiss. So we start with where we are. But really, there's a lot of different ways that we can apply this kiss of mission. Um, we can apply it through kindness, just general kindness to people. We, we can apply it to service to others. And we can apply it to a specific word that tells people about God's love for them. And when we were in... Um, Italy, we stayed in a town called Sorrento. And Sorrento uh, had a, there's a commuter train that takes you from Naples to Sorrento. And so we took the train uh, from Naples and went to Sorrento. We stayed there several days. And on one of the days we were there, we were going to make a side trip to Pompeii. And if you know about Pompeii, it's one of the places where there's, you know, the Mount Vesuvius blew up and and the ruins were stay, stayed there. And so we got up early. We were going to go up to Pompeii. We walked over to the train station, got up the stairs. And there's a big hubbub at the train station. And uh, people are in line. And then they're leaving line. And the train isn't going. And didn't know what in the world was going on. So I walked up to the, the guy that you buy the tickets from. He's behind this glass window. And there's a little thing where you actually, you know, put the money in and he gives you the ticket back. And people are kind of talking and screaming and shaking their head and stuff. And I walk up there and my Italian, I know like two words, grazie and uh, uh, buongiorno, I think were my, the two words that I knew. And uh, obviously he didn't know a lot of English. And so he recognized that there was going to be a, a kind of a translation problem. But he had thought about that ahead of time and he had his phone. And he had typed in the phone the answer to what the problem was. And he had it so that it was in English. So as I walked up, he just, he looks at me, he's kind of scowling. He's had a few people there already mad. And so he just puts this up to the window. And it says... Due to a fire near the tracks, there will be no trains leaving uh, in the next few hours. And so we kind of walked away, and 
uh, stood there a while. I didn't know, really, I didn't know how long it was going to wait. So our family, we sort of stood there and watched. And I watched as uh, standing there, all these other people. Some people were carrying suitcases because their intent was to get on that train. They had another train to catch. And so you could tell people's emotions were like really frayed. And I watched the guy behind the window, and he kept getting more and more intense and struggling and angry, and he kept, he putting this thing up there so the English speakers could read it. And I just had this wild idea. And so I took my phone, and I found my uh, Italian to English translator, and I just said, you have a very difficult job today. You are doing a great job. Thank you. Smile. And so I marched up to the window. He thought I was going to complain, but instead I just put my phone up <laughs> the glass. He read it. He kind of did a double take. And then this bright smile came on his face. And the next thing I knew, he was reaching his hand through the glass, this little thing, to give me a five, and I gave him a five back. <laughs> now, I don't know if that changed his day at all, but it did wonders for me. And frankly, I just think that some of the ways we kiss the world is just doing random kindness to people. That we're tuned in, that people are having a bad day, and what can I do to show, to kiss them with a kind word or a kind act? Does that make sense? Um, we have other ways we can, uh, you know, through kindness we can kiss the world, but we can kiss the world through service. And I, I know uh, many of our young people, uh, how many of you guys went to, um, to L.A.? If you went to L.A., stand up, okay? Now, it... How many days were you guys in L.A.? Seven days. Did you guys, did you know they were in L.A.? No, they weren't in L.A. Did you guys go to Disneyland? Yeah. You did? Okay. Did you go down there to go to Disneyland? No. No? Did you uh, go down there to go to the beach? No. Did you go to the beach? Okay. So you went to the beach, you went to Disneyland, but that wasn't the reason why you went down there, right? No. What did you go down there for? To serve? Yeah. Where'd you serve? Okay, Union Rescue Mission. Will you give these guys a hand? Okay. Now, you can sit down. Thanks. They had a mission trip. Okay. They had some fun. They got to go to Disneyland. They got to go to the beach. But the real reason why they went was to serve at Union Gospel Mission in downtown L.A. Any of you know where Union Gospel Mission is in downtown L.A.? It's not in Hollywood. It's not Beverly Hills. This is a crazy part of L.A. People are mean around the Union Gospel Mission. These guys were down there, in effect, kind of risking their lives. Parents, I'm not sure you want to know what all they had to encounter. But down there, in, on the streets, in downtown L.A., these guys are giving out water to people. Did they all say thank you? Did they cuss at you? Did they treat you like you were, you know, an intrusion in their lives? But you did it anyway because you were there to say, you guys may not want my kiss, but we're here 
to kiss you because God loves you. I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. And so you see that in our lives, some of the ways that God puts, plants us to kiss the world is to be, um, to be present with kindness, to be present in service. Uh, one of the couples in our, our first service, uh, they've kind of recently moved to the area and they live in a, a kind of a new neighborhood. And I was talking to him this week and he said, you know what my wife did this week? He said, um, we're, she went door to door in our neighborhood, passing out flyers, because we want to do a block party. And so we're just trying to find out when everybody can get together, because we're going to do a block party. We're just going to get acquainted. And I know there, he told me about his neighborhood. Not all people are people of faith, and they practice all kinds of stuff there in that neighborhood. But they're saying, you know what? We just want to be there and be present so that we can give people in our neighborhood the kiss of God. Isn't that great? You see, you can find all kinds of ways. The Spirit of God, I'm sent, just as Jesus says, just as God the Father has sent me, I'm sending you to find a way to kiss the world because my vision is that every man, woman, boy, and girl in the world might know me. How about that? So um, the other guys from our church have been a part of the Godmobile. And they go to uh, the fair. They've been up in Kent. And uh, what they do is they're, they're, they make a presence there. And they're looking for people who want to know about Jesus. And they'll tell the story of Jesus. And they'll actually invite a person to, to come to faith in Christ. They were telling me that last night they had, uh, they've been praying for uh, that area of Kent and they had some, some Muslim teenagers come because they wanted to hear the message of Jesus. Now, now, there are times when we just need to be prepared to be able to do acts of kindness, like showing a guy, smile, you're doing a good job. There are times in which we need to be prepared uh, out of the breath of God to be able to kiss the world through service, handing out water bottles. But there are also times in our lives where we need to kiss the world by being able to clearly declare the message that Jesus Christ loves them and invite them into that relationship. When, when we receive the Spirit of God... God will call us to do all three of those things. The challenge is, is that when we come to actually declare our faith to somebody, sometimes we get cotton mouth. Or we're afraid. But, but God is really calling us to be able to be inviters into this a relationship with Jesus. And, and this has been on the heart of Pastor Dave and I and others on our staff. We really feel like if there's any kind of co mid-course correction that our church needs to make, it's a, uh, it's a correction that says we want to be more intentional about kissing the word, world with a verbal a description of that Jesus Christ can save people and restore them. Are you okay about that? What a rousing response. <laughs> I mean, you're going to hear over the next few months 
some clearly intentional ways that we believe that God is calling Puyallup Nazarene to kiss the world by sharing a clear witness to our friends and neighbors about what Jesus Christ can do in their lives. Now, the only way that is going to be a success is if the Holy Spirit comes on us. Left to ourselves, we'll fail. But if we allow, and I'll use this image, if we allow God to kiss us with his spirit, then we'll be equipped with some training to be able to then turn and kiss the world with his message. Are you game? If not... We're going to give you some time to pray and get ready. Maybe you need to be filled afresh with the Spirit of God. Because we can't do it on ourselves, by ourselves. The only way we do it is when we have the Spirit of God in us, launching us out into the mission. You know, um, I love the fact that um, the Scripture um, not only challenges us with a mission, but it also, there are places in Scripture that clearly show us and tell us about the vision for the mission. And uh, one of the great passages of Scripture that reflect this vision of what God wants is, um, is in Ezekiel chapter 37. Uh, the idea is, is that, you know, God has a vision for his world. He loves this world. He loves this people. He loves the church. He loves you. He wants to plant his kiss in every corner of this world. And when we look at the world, we kind of go, oh, man, how is that possible? Because it looks so dark and so difficult. And I go back to this passage of Scripture as a great word of hope. I declare this passage of scripture back to the song that Chris led us in. That this scripture is the yes and the amen that comes when we understand Jesus. Do you want to hear what the scripture says? Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me. That was upon Ezekiel. And the Lord brought Ezekiel out by the spirit of the Lord. And set him in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. When you look at this world we live in. It's pretty hard not to see it as a bunch of dry bones, isn't it? Struggling, lifeless, fighting. So the Lord um, asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel, like us, he wasn't sure. So he said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Only God knows if every corner of this world could be touched with the Spirit of God. Then he said to me, he said to Ezekiel, prophesy, or really the, the word could mean preach or tell. Preach to these bones and say to them, dry bones, 
Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. Get this. I will make breath enter you. What does that word breath mean? Spirit and wind, right? I will make breath enter you. And you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. What a vision. A vision for the world. A vision that would call out us to a mission. And so Ezekiel says, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying or preaching, there was a noise. A rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then the sovereign Lord said to me, preach to the breath. Preach, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. Therefore, preach and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, oh, my people. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I'm the Lord when I've opened your graves and bring you up. To them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. This is what the Lord declares. Does that get you excited at all? If not, I'm excited. What's the promise? The promise is God is going to have the dry bones live again. God is going to bring his spirit from the four winds, from the four corners of the earth. And he's going to breathe his spirit into people like us. And those people are going to come alive. That's God's vision for this world. And he's called you and I, as the Father has sent me, Jesus said, so I am sending you Receive the Spirit. Accept His kiss so that you'll have something to give to somebody else. Are you game? Are you ready? Are you open? Will you receive the Spirit today? Not to keep it to yourself, but so that it will prepare you to be able to watch the dry bones live again. Let's pray. Father God, um, thank you that you have released us from um, the bondage to sin. 
But thank you also that you've released us for a mission. A mission bigger than us. A mission that you have planted from the very beginning that every man, woman, and child might experience you and know the hope of Jesus Christ. It, it seems rather amazing. But because Jesus came and died and rose from the dead, we know that these promises, the promises of dry bones living again, that the Spirit of God bringing life into people, that because of Jesus, it is a yes and amen. And so we declare that and we ask, oh God, that you would prepare us that you'd fill us afresh right now. That you would allow us, oh God, to receive the kiss of God in us so that we might have something to give to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.